listening to the Outer Hours podcast, where we discuss life outside the nine to five. My name is Dylan, joined by our co-host, Matt. If you enjoy our content, please feel free to follow us over on Twitter at Outer Hours or on Instagram at Outer.Hours. Matt, let me tell you real quickly here. Do you remember last week I was telling you about my anxiety to drive? Yeah. So I had to get over that very, very fast. Uh, I had to drive up to my new job, which is, I'd say probably like 10, 10, 15 miles away from where I live. Sure. Uh, For those of you who don't know or weren't listening to last week's episode, uh, I haven't driven a vehicle in roughly six years. Uh, I used to love driving, didn't drive for a long time. And had to get back behind the uh, the wheel to go to my new job. And I was having like anxiety about doing that. Anyways, now that anybody would be caught up here with that. So I had to drive out to my new job uh, on Monday. So yesterday yeah. to go and uh, pick up my equipment for the job. Because I'm working remote at least for the next month or two before I'll start driving out there every day. Nice. Uh, to go to the office and whatnot. So we drove up there on... Sunday just to try and find the right route and like good path for me to go the not immediately taking the freeway. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to, you know, the first day driving, I was going to hop back on the freeway right away. A uh, couple of things I found out about myself while driving. Uh, number one, I have a very, very difficult time going slow. Oh, me too. Not like, not like speed, like excessively speeding, but if the speed limit's 25, I'll catch myself doing like, 32 that's normal 34 that's what normal people do um and i would say yes and no because when i was a passenger i was very adamant on going like a couple over the speed limit mm-hmm. and then now when i'm driving i'm like well i got to keep up with traffic because everybody true. here speeds and i'm like i don't want to be the guy who's holding up 15 cars but i also don't want to be the guy who's doing 15 over because that's what everybody's doing yeah one of the streets that I, I drive down is called Good Hope Road. Okay. Uh, it's pretty much a straight shot from, I have to make two turns to get to work. Okay. Um, f- from leaving my house to get That's there. That's pretty sweet, or honestly. About, f- about four turns total. Um, so That's sick. Regardless, yeah. The longest portion is Good Hope Road. It's a three-lane road, the boulevard in the middle. The speed limit is 40 miles an hour. Almost everybody on that is doing 60. That's... That- I'm, I'm doing like 45 and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get pulled over. <laughs> uh, but I found that when I listen to, there's a specific, there's two playlists on Spotify that I listen to that call me down greatly okay. while driving. Uh, one is called lounge hyphen soft house. And the other is lazy cat jazz. That fits you almost to a T like perfectly. Right. Yeah. Uh, to the point where now it's like becoming relaxing again to to drive somewhat. Uh, our parking garage is a whole other fucking cluster. It's like an eight point wide turn for me. Meanwhile, my girlfriend will pull in like it's she's been doing it her entire life. Dude. So I look forward to getting to that. But maneuvering is the I'm, worst. <laughs> it's literally the worst part of driving. Changed my mind. Yes. No, I, I 100% think you're correct. The beautiful thing about our vehicle is we have like a, a 360 camera on it. So when I'm going underneath 10, I can see every angle of the car. Is that the one where it like takes a picture of like the front and the sides and it kind of like 
stitches them together and gives you a, a top-down view of your car, but like in real time. It's exactly what it is. Yes. yes. Those are sick. Um, so when cause we have a pole right next to our parking spot so I can see how close I'm getting and there's sensors on it. So it goes from green to yellow to red. Okay. Around the car. So I know when I'm getting too close, which is great. But I've also realized that now like I'm relying on that and I'm not looking out the back of my car when I'm parallel parking or anything like, like if I'm going over 40, the car keeps me in the lane. Yeah. Which I don't like oh, at all. You don't No, because I'd be going straight and all of a sudden it'll just like jerk me a little bit. I like it because I I'm can like, use my laptop while I'm driving. What the fuck <laughs> is wrong with you? <laughs> Dude, you know, you, what do you mean? You got to be productive at all hours of the day. You got to be efficient. At no, at no point should you have you be on your laptop while you're driving. Well, it's not my laptop. It's the company's laptop. That's great. I still don't know your boss's name or the name of the company you work for, but when I find it out, I'm sending this to them. They appreciate it. I might get a bonus. They'll be like, <laughs> they'll be like look, son, as long as Matt's making sales, we don't really give a shit what he's doing. <laughs> hey, his numbers are good. I don't care. Or, or uh, are your numbers company. getting better with that? What's that? Are your numbers getting better? Because of the laptop in my lap? Well, just in general, now that you've been at the job for some time now. Um, I I think so. Uh, or maybe my boss thinks so. So I think that's what matters. Um, it's. I mean, that that's absolutely what matters. Yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, there's an ebb and a flow to uh, the whole sales process, um, when customers are going to be purchasing, uh, what volumes, you know, what's what's holding the back, what's going to push them forward. Um, so it's really hard to tell right now with the current economic climate. Um, we're kind of in like a, a gas break, gas break, gas break formation, uh, especially depending on the industry. So it's a little bit of a... It's hard to gauge right now. Now, do you think with COVID restrictions lifting that your job will be easier for you? Um, maybe. I honestly don't know. I've only really worked this job during the COVID times, so right, it's difficult for me to uh, to make any predictions there. No, I feel that. I mean, every job. Well, every job, but my career path for the past four years has been relatively pandemic proof. Right. Uh, working with the stock market. I mean, obviously, the stock market goes down, it goes up, uh, it'll crash, it'll rebound. But because I don't like actually work face to face with individuals, like I've worked from home for an entire year now and nothing has changed. Yeah. And they're bringing people back to the office, which kind of bothers me for a couple of reasons. Number one, if we've proven that this job can be done at home, why is there a need to have people go back to the office? In terms of like a financial standpoint, it's just going to cost you more money to A, rent the building, to B, it's going to cost the employees more money for now they're commuting and whatnot. For those of us who haven't had to before mm-hmm. um, or those who were, you know, have, I'm assuming saved extra money because they weren't spending that, you know, extra on gas. Um, 
but B, they could, or C, I really, I suppose, that money that they're saving in terms of not having to have us in the building, they could rent out the building, have generate revenue because of that. So now they're not paying for like all of our electricity and all of our amenities that we would have at the office and the tower that I work in, but they could rent that out and probably, I'm assuming, make more money on top of that. But this like back to business as usual, mm-hmm. I think makes sense for certain uh, for certain types of establishments like a Home Depot or like a Walmart. I, I don't know how impactful COVID has been on those places. To my understanding, they've still been open. Um, however, I think with less restrictions, more people are more inclined to go. I think it's going to be great for restaurants as restrictions are lifted. So more people will be inclined to go out if capacity limits are, are lifted. But I think for those of us who are able to do remote, forcing us to go back to the office without an option of staying at home, mm-hmm. just seems a little bit redundant for me. I, uh, You're familiar with uh, Andrew Yang? The previous presidential candidate? Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, he's currently running for the... Um, mayoral seat of New York City. And uh, as you can imagine, this is kind of a a big thing in New York, right? New York had a lot of people um, leave the city during this time. And it is a financial hub, kind of like the the business you work in. Um, And as somebody who is running for uh, public office there, um, that's a main concern of his is, is why would people come back Right. And so one of the things that he said, and it struck a chord with me, is that a lot of these areas thrive on uh, team culture and culture and relationship building and networking. Right. And so that's very important um, the financial sector, arts, uh, business, uh, kind of all those things that New York is known for. And so I think to that point, you know, it's, it's going to be good um, for certain industries to be back with, uh, you know, be able to build that team culture back because it's really hard to build that collaborative space um, when you're only seeing each other through a screen. Whereas like if I was sitting next to you in the office versus right here, um, instead of like typing you a quick uh, Discord message or hopping on a Discord call, I could just look over and you'd be like, hey, what if um, instead of, selling coconut futures we switched to bananas just for fun maybe only 10 percent of this one all right but right like just like little stuff like that throwing stupid ideas out there letting letting creativity grow um is a lot harder to do if you're not with people in a space i absolutely agree i think there's definitely certain sectors within the financial field where at least because that's where I work um, to where having, you know, in-person contact is incredibly important and very beneficial. However, a job like mine where I am so independent in my position, mm-hmm. like I'm not collaborating with a coworker as far as pitching ideas. Like I work with, well, now like corporate mergers and takeovers and acquisitions and whatnot. Uh, but I do that all. I'll never face to face with a client or if I'm working on something, it's not me and a team member, it's me. Mm -hmm. So I I think at least in terms of 
my direct position, there's not money benefits for it. But I think in like art, absolutely. Um, there'd be giant benefits to having that kind of in-person collaboration versus a phone call versus a, you know, a Zoom meeting or a Microsoft Teams meeting. Yeah. Uh, not that those don't work because, you know, it's been proven that they have this past year. But I definitely would agree that you are more inclined, I think, to have better results in that type of environment when you're face to face with people and you don't worry about being silent in case someone's going to speak up on a video call. You just quick say something or pass a quick note or, or, you know, anything along the lines of that nature. Yeah. It's definitely way more beneficial. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, but like even in my position, I'm pretty independent, right? I mean, we definitely have a team atmosphere and collaboration on, on you know, where we're each hitting our, our targets. Um, but my role is to do my work. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but to that point, it's, it's like, you know, Ideas can float around when you would least expect it. And maybe there's a better way for you to run your process. And you maybe run that by idea by one of your coworkers in the office. And he's like, oh, my God. Yeah, let's try that this week instead. I don't, I don't know the yeah. ins and outs of what you do, right? We don't need to get into it. But maybe there's a better way to do something. And you would never try it unless you kind of just threw the idea out there in a low pressure, pressure situation in the office. I think that's kind of the idea of of having that open collaborative workspace like that is that there's a low pressure for ideas to spread that could improve um, whatever needs to be improved, right? Continuous improvement. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, th- I think one thing that is a little bit different from my position, I do think there are, would be, there are giant benefits to me being in an office setting. Absolutely. For an example, like you just stated, or if a process we're doing isn't good, I can, be like, hey, you know, do you think this would be a smoother way of going about this? Um, but I don't have to like go out and try and get not like clients or anything like that. Uh, my work comes to me, okay, from our clients. So they'll reach out to me when they want something done. I don't be like, hey, you know, what can I do for you? Yeah, I have a multi like roughly. I think if I'm not mistaken, it's like. 4,000 companies will reach out to me. Um, obviously one at a time to, to do things for them. Okay. So it's, I definitely have ways that, you know, in person I could reach out to a coworker and be like, Hey, you know, what if, you know, such and such company wants me to do this, this is how we normally do it. But don't you think this would be a little bit faster or this would be more streamlined? Uh, in that way, I absolutely agree that being in person would be super beneficial. Um, However, I think the likelihood of me being able to have that change kind of occur is so, so slim. Uh, Maybe, but, you know, you think that the guy next to you thinks that and the guy next to him thinks that. But if you're in a collaborative workspace, there's less pressure for you to maybe throw the idea out there just to see if it would stick. True. True. I mean, I've already unintentionally upset about half of the uh, new training class that I'm with. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who don't know, I well, pretty much everybody because I haven't stated anything. Uh, I left my old job 
at, uh, I'm not going to say the name, but at the largest, one of the largest financial institutions in the world, um, to work for a European startup ish kind of financial company. And I was essentially recruited in by one of my old managers who I used to work with, uh, two jobs ago, still in the financial field. And so I'm going through the traditional training class as one would have to, I can't skip it regardless of the fact that I have such a, like a background in this field. However, not everybody in my training class does. So it's kind of like one general training class for every new hire, but your positions aren't necessarily the same. It's like a background, uh, laying the foundation essentially for our company, uh, kind of training where everybody learns the in and out. So then from there you go to your specialized, you know, focus training mm-hmm. for your position. Right. But so they're asking questions in regards to, you know, different types of, of stocks, whether it's uh, certificates uh, for company stocks or um, like dividend reinvestment plans, uh, you know, book shares, uh, things along the nature of that. And I will wait for people to answer the questions before, you know, I'll raise my little hand in our video conference client that we use and answer the questions because I don't want to be, you know, that guy who's constantly answering everything and not giving someone else a chance to get it right or even get it wrong, but then learn from that. Yeah. I don't want to take away that from somebody because I know the answer and I'm an impatient person. So for the past day and a half, we've been going through questions, going over the ins and outs of different financial sectors, different types of corporate actions that can be taken. Okay. And I'll wait anywhere between 30 seconds to a minute before I'll answer, you know, the question or provide input on it. Well, about halfway through the day, we were having a, uh, like a, a team building exercise. And the first thing that came out of these people's mouths were, uh, given my name wasn't dropped because I didn't think they wanted to be like rude about it. But they were like, if more than one person could answer the questions, that would be great. So we all feel like we're learning. And I totally get that in terms of if I was sitting there and immediately answering every question, how that would be incredibly annoying. Right. Because nobody likes to, it's very hard for myself and I assume other people to learn if someone is just constantly not giving somebody else a chance to participate. But like I'm sitting there, like I'm waiting for you guys to answer until like the uh, course leader is like, okay, well, you know, if nobody knows, I'll put my hand up and answer the question. Like, how are you going to get upset with me? (laughs) before giving everybody ample time to try and find something. Yeah. And then I'll give the answer and state either a, how I knew it or b where to find it. That's which is you're being upset about the wrong things. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't find it shocking. Um, because I'm sure the, not not the tone that I answer these questions is probably like the the correct way of doing it because I definitely like watch my tone and try and be like as polite as possible. Yeah, but I think after a certain point, if somebody's consistently answering the questions, you're gonna be like, shut the fuck up already. <laughs> Which is fair because I like I get like that with in high school. I get pissed at kids like, dude, shut the fuck up. Let somebody else learn or like try and do this. Yeah. But if you wait a minute and a half and nobody's answering and you go, all right, like here, 
here's the answer. Don't say it in that tone or, you know, slap your desk or anything. But so, yeah, I'm going to try and my next two days I've, I've played it out in my mind. I'm just not going to do it. No, I'll answer anything no if I get selected to do it, but I'm not going to provide the input. If they if nobody answers and they go on to the next thing, we're moved on to the next thing. It's not my problem. All right. I like it. It's only so much you can do, Matt. Honestly, we can't do maybe, much. I mean, maybe they just need to listen to that uh that lazy cat jazzer soft house playlist on Spotify to relax and just enjoy it. I actually play it in the background while I'm working on my laptop. I have like very quietly playing. I find that music helps me concentrate. Mm-hmm. I think because it makes me so relaxed. Something that I've learned this past I'd say month and a half is that I learn way better when I have music on. Cause then I'll hear the song and it like triggers. Like if like if I remember something, if I learned something while I'm listening to a song, the next time I'm gonna listen to the song and like studying, I have a better retention for it. Right. Um, I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, they've said the same thing with like chewing gum. Mm-hmm. Like if you chew gum while you're studying and then you're chewing gum while taking the test, you have a better chance of retaining that information, which is fucking wild. Yeah, because it's it's one more thing for your brain to latch uh, the memory onto, right? It's not just words on a page or a, or a something or other. It's a taste, it's a smell, it's a it's an audio cue, right? Right. That's why smells are the strongest memories. That's what they say anyway. I I think that is very very true. I'll smell certain scents and just immediately get thrown back into like a certain time of my life. If I smell like a sheet that smells like cigarette, but from like a week ago, I immediately get thrown back to when I was eight going up north and going fishing in this old ass rustic cabin where we'd have to crank water out of the, like a pump to to get any water flow from a well. And the outhouse was literally just a hole in the ground with a woodshed over it, which was awful. If you ever encounter that, never shine a flashlight down there. No matter how curious you are, it's fucking disgusting. I think think we've all been there. I smell stale cigarette immediately. I'm eight. I'm fishing. You know, or I'm I'm 15 at that time, like smoking weed, walking through the woods, not even carrying my fishing pole, just going for a hike. Yeah. Or I smell stale beer, and I'm immediately thrown down to. Uh, my old basement where I lived with a bunch of my friends and had house parties. <laughs> Scent is definitely the strongest one because it's like I it's like I like I, like I'm there. Like I picture it. Right. It's not just like a, a brief memory. It's like oh, I'm living that again. It's crazy. Those are no. I know what you mean. It's like for me, it's it's always something with my grandparents. Almost always. Um, maybe like my great grandma's house or. Or somebody's cooking, right? There's always something. I think it's cool. The red box of Altoids reminds me of my grandfather's car and his breath. He would eat those things like he would die if he didn't have one. It was like every 10 minutes. Interesting. Yeah. I wish I could be like that. I wish I had that much money for Altoids. 
I don't think Altoids are necessarily incredibly expensive. And there's like 50 in a thing. Oh. So you're spending two bucks every like three days. Let's find out, dude. Let's find out how expensive what I have in Lizzie's is. I, I don't think you need to be rich to have Altoids on you at all times. Oof, you might be surprised. Six, 17 bucks for a, for what? A pack of Altoids? For a pack of 12 Altoids. Tens. Tens. So like, what, like $1.50 a piece? Yeah. Yeah, so I think you're fine. I don't think you need to be rich for that. Adds up, man. That's quick math. Yeah. But it might be, I think it's probably a cheaper habit to have than that who like smoke cigarettes. Oh, Depending yeah. Depending on the frequency at which one smokes. Yeah, I mean, like, there's no Altoid decks. Ah, no, but there is state tax, so depending on where you are, it could technically be more expensive. Could there be like a sugar tax? Probably. I, this country would burn in the ground if there was a sugar tax introduced. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that New York has one. Has a sugar tax? Uh huh. That's fucking wild. Remember when they. I'm going to need some proof on that because I just. I know nothing about that. Yeah, and like Ohio taxes different. Um, Food products differently, like uh, uh, produce is untaxed, carryout food is untaxed, uh, but like sodas, no matter where you get them, whether they're drive through or in the uh, grocery store, always have a like seven cent tax per unit. So if I go to McDonald's like and a, I get a, a Diet 12 Coke, pack. it's a dollar seven cents. That's fucking wild. So a 12 pack is 84 cents more expensive regardless. Right. Exactly. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's a shit ton of money. But also an extra 84 cents for a 12 pack isn't like a deal breaker. I imagine for those who are avid drinkers of soda, like they're going to buy it regardless. Well, at that point, it actually it kind of encourages buying uh, more like two liters if you're going to drink that much, buying larger containers oh, so because there's only a seven cent tax on that container, right? Oh, so it's a flat rate, mm-hmm. seven cents per item. Yep. Oh, it definitely makes more sense to drink it. But then you got to drink that shit fast because two liters go flat real quick. And that's called a backfire. <laughs> that's called genius marketing on the soda companies. Yeah, you can buy a bunch of it, but if you don't drink it right away, it's all going to go bad. Come back and buy some more. Yeah, two liter. Remember when two liters were uh, for parties and not uh, single person use? Yeah, when we were like six. Yeah, or like in high school. But then I got to college, so. I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I went to parties in high school, we didn't have two liters of soda. It was dirt cheap beer. <laughs> well, we did Mountain Morgans. Did I ever tell you about those? You definitely I've, saw them. First of all, yes, I've been in party chats with you and some of your friends drinking Diet Mountain Dew and Captain Morgan, and then specifically having to listen to Brock just begin to slur his words for like three hours and progressively get worse at the game that we're playing. I think it mad at us because he's not doing good. Oh, yeah, he, did. yeah, it happens, but he's more of a beer guy, so no, it's just. Me and I think you played with Ryan. I don't believe so, but I mean, it's very possible during our lengthy gaming relationship that I would have. 
that do. If it's Captain Morgan makes a Mountain Morgan, it's delicious. Is that what he sounds like? Um, yeah. If that's what he sounds like, I definitely would have remembered that. Also, I apologize if you can hear the car alarm going on. I believe maybe a block away from me. I, I mean, I can hear Meyer doing the dishes, so it's not a big deal. Wait, can you actually? Yeah, you have a good mic. Oh, great. I'll have to fix that. Anyways. Anyways. So, so be it. That's the, uh, that is one of the big things I don't like about living in this city is that every noise that occurs, just I have great. No matter where it is in the city, I can hear it. It's super annoying. But back to, as we've discussed before, the convenience factor. Everything's within walking distance. Not your office, though. You got to drive there. I do. I do have to drive to my office, which I think I'm actually going to like a lot because it gives me a couple of very good opportunities here. Uh, the first of which is a just to get more comfortable behind the behind the wheel again. Secondly, I can catch up on any audiobooks or additional podcasts that I listen to because mm-hmm. now I'll have about a half an hour to 45 minutes each way as far as listening to something. But I think B or C and the most important thing here is that if I have a bad day at work, I have that amount of time to decompress before I get home. Yep. It's a really good reset time when you get home or on your way home. But it's also like a good time to get into that state before you arrive and start the work day. So it's good on both ends yeah. to have at least like a little bit of a commute, which I think has been a little bit of a problem for the work from home is there's no, it all blends together, right? There's no, there's no barrier uh, between life and work. I legitimately believe that working from home is the reason that I left my job at us bank. Mm. Uh, I I enjoyed the job. No, let me. I I loved the job when I started, and then it became a job that I just kind of like tolerated. Uh, however, working from home, as much as I love working from home and all the benefits that come with that, mm-hmm. such as not having to leave, the best fucking benefit about it. Just the support system when needed if something went wrong wasn't there, and if I had a bad day at work. There was no time to shut that off before I was, you know, home. It just, I opened the door and immediately the mood followed me. You know, before when I would walk to work, I'd have anywhere, depending on how fast I walked, 20 minutes to an hour to kind of get my shit together before I got home. Yeah. Which which is just super nice. And yeah, I do look forward to that with the drive. One of the great things about it, too, is the route that I'm going to be taking is very scenic. Mm, that's really nice. So I have like a canopy of trees. I'm driving right down Lake Michigan for part of it. Okay. So I'm driving through a canopy of trees, then just the lake. Uh, so it'll be like I go past a couple nature preserves. Like I'm intentionally taking a little bit of a longer route to work because it is a more enjoyable drive. Yeah. But it's like it's going to be very beneficial for me. I think in just in a lot of different ways. So I am excited for that aspect of it. Not excited to pay for gas or pay for insurance on another vehicle when we do get our second vehicle. 
but I think the pros of that are definitely going to outweigh the financial cons of it. Yeah, there's definitely like a, a convenience factor and a quality of life um, factor that, that plays into that, that sort of equation, right? Absolutely. And it's definitely something that I didn't realize the effect that that diff, like that commute time could have on like one's mood. Right. Because for the longest time, well, for the past year and a half, I didn't have to. Yeah. And I spent a fair amount of time wildly getting paid, not having to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I left U.S. Bank, the place that I went to paid me for essentially two weeks before I started. When I left and put in my two weeks, they paid me out the two weeks and I didn't have to work. Okay. So that was, I got very used to not, and exclusively within 2021, mm-hmm. uh, about a fifth of it I've gotten paid and not having to work. So about a month. Let me tell you, if there was ever a way where I could just keep that going, that would be the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, getting full pay and not having to work and finding new passions and stuff like with this podcast and learning how to, you know, edit things and just hearing the differences between, you know, our first episode to our second to our third, our fourth, you know, as I learn how to use the the software more right. and learn different types of, of filtering or cutting out audio or making our intros and leveling out that music. I fucking love doing that. And I wouldn't have known about that had I not had this extra downtime. It was like a newly discovered passion. And it's, if you asked me a month, two months ago, Mm -hmm. hey, do you think you like spending two hours a night at times uh, sitting in front of a screen trying to figure out why this audio is overlapping? And for the life of you, you can't figure it out. Because when you play it through the first time and you split it, it's all clear. It all sounds good. You save it. You open it back up. Boom, there's the audio overlapping. There's the fucking car alarm again. <laughs> I hope it's a different car. If it's the same person's car, what are you doing with yourself? You're rioting, dude. Go riot. Dude, don't even get me started on riots or protests. I swear to God, I live at the intersection where they all meet in my city, which is fine. I don't have a problem with anybody protesting. You have a right to do so. Express yourself. Absolutely. However... Why does it always have to end at my house? Yeah, just like go knock on somebody else's door for once, please. Well, uh, and I get the aspect of if it's inconvenient for you, imagine how inconvenient it is for the people actually dealing with it. And I get that argument. However, I don't need to feel how every other person in the world is feeling four days out of the week outside of my house. What? I mean, I feel like that's what happens when you don't have a job. Is it just going to protest? I definitely disagree with that statement entirely. Um, the hours at which it happens are like after work, so it, like it never it never happens here like midday. It's always at night. So I definitely think these people are employed oh, and are working. How do they have the energy if they're employed to go do something after work? I mean, if you're passionate about something, you really just kind of I don't know dig deep for it. Uh, and I think the reason as well that they do it later is because more people are off of work. So it does have a bigger effect on people. So they're just doing it to be annoying. 
think they're doing it to have a greater impact on the people around them. I don't think if the impact is good or bad is really there. And I don't think they care. I think it's the fact that they want to raise awareness by it. And if it's pissing you off, raises awareness on it, then they've, they've met their goal. That being said, it does get underneath my skin sometimes. And while I do often care about the causes at which are being protested, mm-hmm. I do get more annoyed at the actual way that they're doing it. So that's counterproductive to their goal, probably. Yes and no. Um, I think it's definitely good to get the message out there. However, I don't think protesting in front of an apartment building is going to bring the same amount of change as protesting in front of your local government building. My apartment building isn't the one that's making these decisions. No one in our building has any impact on that. This I think if you want the message to get across more, that you should do it at a place where it would have a greater impact on it. Yeah, he's like whether, right it's your local, <laughs> whether it's your local city hall or like the state capital or the nation's capital. I think those are going to be the ideal places to get your message across. People living in apartment buildings are just trying to get home or they're home and they're trying to work from home or they just got off work. They're not making international foreign relation decisions from their living room of in an apartment Milwaukee. building of Milwaukee. I'm trying to make teriyaki chicken, not anything else, you know? I don't know. It's a weird thing to get upset about because I do support a lot of the things Then I feel like I'm just being petty and annoying by getting upset about it. Nah. It's conflicting. You're growing up. You're figuring it out. Uh, speaking of protests and uh, social justice, I've been rewatching the TV show Ozark. Have you ever seen that? I have not seen any of Ozark, but I'm a big fan of Jason Bateman. Did you ever watch uh, uh, Breaking Bad? You're not going to like my answer to this question. Then maybe don't answer it. I've seen Breaking Bad. I don't like it. All right. So it's been a good week, guys. Uh, let's end it here. Um, <laughs> I think so. Let me th- I think Breaking Bad is the best TV show that's ever been created and that reason is exactly why i don't like it not because i objectively think it's bad but because i didn't watch it when it started so i went in with people telling me it's the greatest show ever made so i'm expecting it to be okay if i went in having not seen anything about it i absolutely think i would have liked it more than i did but if someone tells you this is the best movie ever made this is the best show ever made you're gonna go in expecting it to blow you away right um so nothing could ever meet those predetermined you know, ideas that you have in your head of what the perfect show is. So when it doesn't hit that, you're automatically disappointed. So, so that language there is why I have made an effort uh, in the last probably like year or so to change the way that I phrase that it, from it's the best movie ever to I think it's the best movie that I've ever seen. Or it's the best movie that I've ever watched. Um, putting it in a little bit more of a, this is my opinion. And then letting the other person judge their preconceptions on what they know about me. 
right? So like if if my buddy Sean was like, dude, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Versus when he says, hey, I think this is like a, one of the best comic book films I've ever watched. Those two things. I respect Sean's opinion on comic book movies, but movies in general, he's an adult. He doesn't know shit. So, so I- like when... Like when it comes down to that kind of stuff, I, I uh, have learned to be a little bit more precise in my language. I definitely think that taking ownership over the opinion is definitely better than just blanket statements of the best movie ever, the best show ever. Uh, however, I would still, at least with myself, I refrain from using the word it's the best. I'll often say, I think this is a really good show. Go and open minded. I hope you like it. I don't want to give any because if someone says they think like I think it's the best. Whether you intend to or not, you're still planting the seed of this is phenomenal. It's in someone's mind the best. If you go, hey, this is a really good show. I like it. Just go in and go along for the ride Mm. or. I try not to state things like, oh, it's the best or one of the best. I just go, it's great. I really enjoyed it. I hope you do too. Interesting. Okay. I don't know if that's worked better or not for anybody. Nobody follows up with me and goes, uh, you're a fucking idiot. Why did you like that? I mean, if anybody says it to you in general, if you say it's one of the best things, then that's just kind of rude. But I find if I refrain from using those kind of statements, mm-hmm. at least from when someone says it to me, I tend to go in more open-minded with it. Okay. Like, like I started a Game of Thrones late. Thankfully, not like three seasons late, but about like six episodes, I was late to the party. And people from what I had heard from it was, oh, it's got um, Sean Bean. Is that his name? Mm -hmm. Sean, Sean Bean. Uh, It's got Sean Bean. I really like him. Check it out. It's It's a great show. You know, if you're into this kind of thing. So I went in thinking, okay, it's got this guy. It's a pretty decent show. Given if you're six episodes in, someone says it's the best show. It's a little eager on their part to to state that. But I, I went in expecting it to be right, pretty decent. And it was. I I personally like the eighth season a lot. I'll keep that opinion to myself. Yeah, keep that on podcast. I, I'm starting to not like your opinion on TV shows more and more. The more we talk. Well, you're well aware <laughs> of what one of my favorite TV shows of all time is. And that's Friends. I don't hate friends. I think it's fun to hate on friends. That's fair. And I think that there's a lot of really good friends memes hating on friends out there. I think. Absolutely. Those two things. I think the memes hating on friends might be better than friends itself. Uh, I mean, that's fair. That's your opinion on that. That's my opinion. And to clarify my statement. It's a good show. The memes are better. I, I don't objectively think it's the best television show. But it's one I of your favorites. Episode, yeah, but my favorite doesn't mean the best. doesn't mean it's objectively good. Okay. Uh, I think Mad Men objectively is a much better show than Friends. Mm-hmm. But I like Friends more. Friends is, is, is what I call a, a background show. Yeah. Something I can put on. It doesn't matter how much of it I've seen. Or if I haven't seen any of it, you throw in an episode... I'll laugh at something fucking dumb. Whether it's one of, you know, Chandler's stupid ass sarcastic comments, Ross overreacting to something, or 
Phoebe just being fucking Phoebe in the first like two seasons of the show. I have to put very little effort into following along and the reward for it is great, which is why I like it so much. So I'm going to make an analogy here and I want you to tell me how much you hate it or like it. Okay. Friends, How I Met Your Mother, The Office, background shows, right? Those are all background shows, yes. Okay. I would put all of those in like the fast food of shows. You know what you're getting? Absolutely. You know what 100%. you're getting? It's comfort food, right? It's reliable. It's always there. It doesn't matter if it's 6 a.m. or 3 in the morning or noon, whatever. It's always available. 100%. And you can get it anytime. Go to fast food tomorrow. It's the Wendy's, it's the McDonald's, it's the Taco Bell. Whereas like Mad Men, I agree, great show. Uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, Game of Thrones season one through six, for sure. One through se- one through seven, for sure. One through eight. Sub- one through uh, four, for sure. Iffy. It's just, just <laughs> take it down to episode one, for sure. <laughs> yeah, episode one, baller. But like, those are like the steakhouses, right? Those are the, the downtown filet mignon and a hundred dollar bottle of wine. And then you get your other shows like your 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 ABC or your CWs or your USAs or whatever. And those are your your uh, Red Robin, maybe some Applebee's. Your Olive Gardens. Olive Garden, exactly. Right. And so for me, those those shows, Breaking Bad is like a what is it? Three Michelin stars is that the most you can get? Breaking Bad is a no three clue. Michelin star show. It's the best thing you can get start to finish, five course meal, all from the best chefs in the world, best storytelling ever. Then like Ozark is like three spots below that. So one Michelin star? I mean, this all started on Ozark and now we're talking about fast food <laughs> shows and steakhouse shows and olive garden fair enough but like no it's a um it would still be like a two or three michelin star because right you can have more than one three michelin star restaurant i don't know i'm just yeah. i'm just that's my comparison right those are the right, michelin what about star Ozark? did you want to tell me before we got just fucking steamrolled elsewhere no that's what it, i just wanted to have that conversation about good tv shows so you went from have you seen Ozark to just wanted to have a conversation of good television shows? Yeah, I wanted to see where it brought us. Because that's I, fair. I like that show. Because in addition to a phenomenal shows, in my opinion, a steakhouse show. Let me rephrase that. A steakhouse season of a show. Okay. Uh, the first season of True Detective. I've definitely heard that and it is on my list. Um. In my opinion, it is a wonderful show. I enjoyed it greatly. Uh, going open-minded, we can definitely catch up on it and have discussions outside of the podcast of what you like about it, what you don't like. Uh, don't go in expecting it to be the best because you're going to get disappointed because nothing ever meets those predetermined notions that one will set in their mind. Don't compare it to Breaking Bad. It's very different, but it's great. Also, after the first season, that's it for that story. That's what I've heard. Um, okay. Kind of a side note. Uh, yeah. Did you ever watch The Boys on Amazon Prime? I have not. So I have Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. 
I based off of the little bit of like Amazon original shows or like Hulu original shows that I've seen compared to Netflix, I kind of refer to them as like B grade television shows. Mm -hmm. To be fair, it's been quite some time since I've watched any original content from any of the other streaming platforms aside from Netflix. The only one on Amazon that I've seen, I believe it was Amazon, was Man in the High Castle. Yep. A phenomenal show. Uh, enjoyed that greatly. Actually heard about that from uh, a gaming personality named Colin Moriarty. Uh, he had talked about the show a couple of years ago. And I was like, well, give it a give it a watch. It was great. I haven't watched any of the original content from that. Okay. From those those other things. Aside from that, I don't think the the shows were that great that they were releasing. But the boys, that's that superhero show, right? Yes. The boys okay. is in my opinion like a one or two Michelin star show. I definitely like in my for me, it's a must watch. Um but I've been jo- enjoying another um superhero show. It's it's animated on uh on Amazon Prime and that yeah. is called Invincible. I don't know if you've okay. seen it or heard it. I, the reason I got into it is because there's, there's like a meme from it. That's usually how I get into a TV show is there's a meme, honestly. It's the worst. That's, well, you are younger, so. Well, no, it's been happening since high school. That's how I got into How I Met Your Mother. It's how I got into Breaking Bad. It's how I got into uh, Mad Men and now Invincible. Like these great shows in my mind. These fantastic shows. The only reason I started watching them is because there was a meme out there about them. And I figured out that it was from that show. I mean, I suppose it really doesn't matter how you found it as long as you did. Oh, my God. I did that with The Good Place, too. Huh. What the fuck is The Good Place? Oh, The Good Place? Um, it's a show about people who die and they go to The Good Place. And some people go to The Bad Place. But these people are in the good place. If you ever get a job writing like show notes or anything like that or descriptions of anything, don't do not take it. <laughs> I I can't really get more into the concept of this show other than it's like is the good place heaven? It's, I don't sit like that's part of the show. It's like, is it heaven? No, there's no heaven. There's no hell. There's a good place and there's a bad place. And oh, for fuck's sake. I, you, you Just watch the first episode. You'll figure out why I I'm can't gonna, really talk I'm gonna about it. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to watch it. Okay. It's like 30 minutes or 20 minutes. It's f- I just started a new sitcom. Which one? And I'm uh, Shit's Creek. Apparently, I'm incredibly late on that. Oh, my girlfriend loves that one. Apparently, like, the show is over with. But it, it's funny. Um, I think that's another fast food television show, as you said earlier. Yeah. It's a good analogy. I like that a lot. I'm going to use that. I put, I, I've heard it's actually like a good one. It might be between fast food and like a Olive Garden, you know? Uh, Let me, I suppose in my mind, I view all sitcoms as fast food. Okay. You, They're usually, they're short, they're sweet. They're usually about 20 to 25 minutes yeah. in my opinion, or not my opinion, but typically based off of the, the shows that I've seen. You don't have to commit a lot of time to it. Okay. You can throw it on, watch an episode. You didn't really waste any time. I so I classify fast food television show as anything that fits that. Okay. I haven't watched Shit's Creek, so I can't speak on it. 
I'm only six episodes in, but it's it's quite funny. You're enjoying it. I'm glad to hear that. Which is, I find weird because I'm not a big Eugene Levy fan. Oh, did uh, you not like American Pie? I I liked parts of American Pie. You were 14 when American Pie was coming out. You gotta love those movies. Uh, I, I do like parts of them. Uh, I think other kind of dumb comedy movies are funnier. Like okay. not another teen movie. I think it's hilarious. Okay. Uh, National Lampoon's Van Wilder with Ryan Reynolds. Sure. Fantastic. I think the first American Pie was great. I think they probably could have left it at one. These unnecessary sequel, sequels to movies or spinoffs like American Pie presents Bandcamp. Why? Dude, because that, for one line, they said time? the one time at Bandcamp, and there was a fucking movie about it. Please. That's how we got the Clone Wars. There was one line in A New Hope, and uh, it turned into a movie, two movies, the entire prequels, TV show, two TV shows now, actually. It's pretty crazy what one line can do. I suppose. I still stand behind the statement of American Pie should have been left at one. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Beta House is classic. Classic 14-year-old Matt movie. Here's the thing. I'll stand by that statement. I'll die on this hill because Jurassic Park is my favorite movie of all time. And I think there only should have been one. I like all the new Jurassic Park movies. I've liked all of them. But at a certain point, I, I don't like the milking of a franchise from... Just my point of view. I get why it happens. Makes a lot of money. Why would you not want money? If you make a billion dollars every time you release a Jurassic Park movie, you're going to fucking keep releasing them until they stop. The only franchise I support, the never-ending fucking cycle of it, is the Fast and the Furious (laughs) until they're doing bank heists and fucking electric wheelchairs when Vin Diesel's like 90. That's because those movies are fucking dumb. I don't go and expect them to be like, this is great. They are like what dumb meme. shit can they do now? The meme is how much more dumb stuff can they do? For real. Like if okay. And I, I don't know if this is if I'm just making this up in my mind, but I'm pretty sure at one point, didn't like the rock or Vin Diesel straight up just hold a helicopter while holding on to like a piece of cement from it flying away? Yes. Or the time that he flexed and his entire cast just blew up. He had like yeah, a, what the an arm fuck cast is that? and he flexed and it was just like boom. Uh, daddy's got to go to work. What the foot? What? <laughs> no. They're like beating each other with pipes or like getting hit by cars. It's like this used to be just about making cars go fast. It, dude, it literally went from like an underground street racer with like an undercover cop trying to infiltrate the street gang and Dominic Tretta, who was doing like small heists on semi trucks to. They're on Interpol's top 10 most wanted and like these shadow agency governments are fucking hiring them. And they're gods steal now and they, they steal billions of dollars out of banks. People die. They're gone for two movies, come back and they're like, oh, it's good to be back. I've watched Han die like six times now in four family. different movies, <laughs> the same scene. What the fuck? I think he's coming back, isn't he? Yeah. Hmm. What? Hmm. <laughs> But meanwhile, <laughs> Lucas Black, <laughs> the guy who played um, the Western guy in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, 
He's never been in a fucking episode. He didn't die. We watched Han die 14 times by fucking Jason Statham. He comes back like it's fucking nothing. Given Lucas Black's a terrible actor. Well, does he go from like a Texas accent to like something? Does he like switch accents three times in that movie? I'm going to be honest. I don't have a fucking clue. It's been years since I've watched it. That movie's so bad. We should watch it. It's not It's not the worst in the series. That's too fast and too furious. I don't understand why that movie got greenlit by any means. But, I mean, that movie's making Vin Diesel a fucking billionaire, so props on him. Dude, we could watch sure that you- on Twitch if we wanted to. Like, have a movie night? Movie night? Would you want to do that? The first Fast and the Furious? No. Tokyo Drift. I mean, not particularly. I mean, okay. I literally just got done telling you it's a garbage movie. Yeah, but it's four bucks to rent it and we can watch it on Twitch with the gang. Sure. You you buy it or you rent it, you stream it, I'll watch it with you. That dude, that would I would actually enjoy that. That'd be fun. You just have to put on Texas speech so I can spam dumb shit. Put on what? Put on text to speech. Oh, text to speech? In chat, yeah, that TTS. But dude, I would do it. But I'll I'll take a look at Ozark this week. I'll give it a gander. When we meet up again then on Tuesday, I'll give you a brief update after a couple of episodes. Yeah, just but Breaking just, Bad still trash. All right, well that's not true. It's just objectively not true, but it's okay. You can your opinion can be wrong. My opinion can be wrong. My opinion can be wrong. However, what is not wrong is that. We hope everybody enjoyed listening to today's episode. If you did, please feel free to give us a follow over on Twitter at Outer Hours or over on Instagram at Outer.Hours. From both myself and our co-host, Matt, we thank you for listening. Thanks, guys.